Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, it was mentioned there when I was talking a little bit earlier on, Bank of Ireland has today introduced a domestic abuse leave policy, providing a range of supports to colleagues who may be experiencing domestic abuse. It's part of a wider discussion that's taking place at government level about introducing it across the board. Sarah Benson is CEO of Women's Aid and joins me on the line now. Sarah, good afternoon. How are you today? Good, thanks, Tom. Good afternoon. Um, could you tell me a little bit about the legislation to begin with? Because it's, it's what's kind of driving this, isn't it? Uh, well, no, actually, uh, what I'd say is the the, um, the good efforts of some companies actually initiating a domestic violence leave policy, which has in many cases also included a special provision of a certain number of days paid leave to deal with matters which wouldn't normally come up as, say, sick leave or what we call force majeure, and yeah. which shouldn't really be used as annual leave. To, to create an even more supportive work environment. That's been happening for a few years now, and other jurisdictions uh, have actually legislated for a paid leave, so that would include Australia and New Zealand. And so that kind of focus on you know actions in other countries, the actions of uh, employers in their own right, has definitely now um, led to the fact that we have a bill for a statutory paid domestic violence leave, which um, has been put forward um, by Sinn Féin and we also have a government consultation where they took input from all the different stakeholders. So we think that there is a cross-party support for such a thing and from Women's Aid perspective as a national domestic violence organisation we, we really warmly welcome it. Right. It's a bit down the road though, is it? Well, the bill is in draft. Uh, the, we actually participated in a, a, a meeting with the Joint Oireachtas Committee examining it um, it's, and it's, it's a very advanced draft. We feel pretty confident that the way it is at the moment, it could be enacted very quickly. Um, we're awaiting just feedback from Minister O'Gorman on the government um, uh, consultation, but we don't think that there will be anything uh, coming out of that that would mean that the bill that's been put forward isn't completely fit for purpose and it's already been through quite a lot of rigorous um, examination. Okay, fingers crossed that will, that will go, uh, proceed quickly. So tell me a bit about the Bank of Ireland one. What exactly it is that they're they're bringing in? Well, I, I want to be careful in that I don't represent the Bank of Ireland. We, we have uh, had contact with them with respect to their policy, which they developed. And we, in Women's Aid, actually... Um, we work with a number of employers. We've worked with Vodafone, we're working with Allianz and, and then others uh, as well around their policies. But in, in the round, what it is, is it's, uh, it's a policy um, uh, that isn't just around saying, OK, there, there's a potential paid leave element here. These policies are actually designed more to invite and encourage any employee who may be suffering from abuse in a way that is impacting on their work or even maybe putting their work at risk because we do know from studies that have been done by the Congress of Trade Unions, by Vodafone themselves, that where somebody is in employment but being subjected to abuse from a current or former partner, um, over 40% will report that it uh, negatively affects their ability to either get to work and... um, nearly 60% have reported that they have had to take time off work as a consequence. And in our experience as well, uh, economic abuse is something that uh, a partner will use um, up to and including trying to coerce somebody to give up their job because it makes them economically dependent and more under, under their control. So these policies are also about 
uh, encouraging disclosure, uh, you know, reinforcing the employer actually as a support where otherwise they may inadvertently actually uh, be a pressure on somebody who's in that situation who may feel my performance is suffering, um, I'm going, I'm late again, I'm going to be in trouble. This allows them to say, well, actually, there's a reason for this, there's a cause to this. And it also allows for certain amount of risk management um support and then the provision of leave under cover of work time where if somebody is being coercively controlled being able to get to court being able to get out and visit a specialist support service to get information about your rights your entitlements your priorities that can be done not only in a way that's paid but at a time where somebody who's monitoring and controlling them thinks they're in the workplace so it's more than just the paid leave it's actually a really pivotal thing that um in other jurisdictions has proved to be a game changer it doesn't not everybody needs it but the people who do need it it can be an absolute uh, life-changing support how difficult is it for for a company like bank of ireland to introduce something like that i mean i, I imagine there must be staff training and, and issues around sensitivity and, and having mechanisms in place if you do get somebody who comes to you with, with an issue like this Sure. Well, I mean, Women's Aid, as I say, work and, and have worked in in, uh, in in very detailed ways with a number of different employers. And that ranges everything from kind of consulting on a policy that they may have already drafted. In some cases where they work with unions, they've worked with the unions to draft it. But then it is absolutely about, you know, working first, usually with the senior executive team, um, uh, which we've done with a, a, a number of companies, then doing training with the people managers Often it's around actually reminding that, you know, people get a bit freaked out. It's a new issue. I don't know about it. But actually it's about a compassionate response. It's about maintaining what you're already bound to do in terms of confidentiality and, uh, and employee safety, you know, which could apply to a number of different scenarios. And then around how it's communicated to supervisors and managers and to staff themselves to say, okay, this is a new policy. It usually links with a dignity at work policy and things like that. So um, the support that we offer to employers is around uh, helping them to to realise actually this is pretty practical and then the kinds of skills that you need to to bring to bear are those kind of compassionate, empathic responses that a good employer, a good manager and supervisor will do in a a wide range of uh, things which are usually already dealt with in different policies. Right. Um, Can't help but think that privacy is going to be a huge part of this. Um, Will you be able to keep the reasons for someone's absence discreet? Well, certainly when... uh, uh, we look at a policy, confidentiality is something that's absolutely crucial. And, you know, in some cases, larger companies would find that easier because they may have discrete HR departments and things like that for smaller companies. It's around more reminding that you already have a legislative duty of care and responsibility around someone's personal data, whether it's if they're out and they have a particular sickness that other people don't need to know about, or there's other compassionate reasons for somebody to be on leave, 100% uh, that has to be um, uh, protected when it comes to somebody being subjected to domestic abuse, and even more so because it has very real-world safety consequences um, potentially for them. But again, you know, those are obligations that employers already have to protect the privacy of their staff. What's really important to encourage disclosures, though, is that the staff are reassured that this is absolutely something we, you know, you know, not everybody's going to know about it, only these specific people who need to know. Sometimes there may be a risk management component, for example, if somebody is being stalked at their workplace or being beset in the workplace, 
you know, so it may be with their consent saying, well, we may let the security staff know, but everybody would be bound by confidentiality and that's really crucial. Otherwise, people won't disclose it. Right. And other other Irish companies have already introduced this. There's been a few, hasn't there? The NUI Galway and Vodafone, um, Danske Bank, I think. W- what, what have their experiences been like when it was introduced? Do you know? Well, certainly from our um, ongoing contact with Vodafone, they have found that it has been a, a game changer in terms of the, 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 the implementation of it. And indeed, we, we kind of go back now and we do refresher training with their people managers, um, is that the, the confidence of staff is increased. The actual uptake of things like paid leave and uh, and things like that, the, the, the actual the stuff that may have a cost attached to it, that doesn't tend to be enormously high. But what you do have is a, a staff, a workforce, who feel protected and supported um, in certain all those life circumstances that can be, you know, um, you know, have a real negative impact on their on their work and their work life. Um, so it's it's around that overall kind of feeling of being protected and supported by your employer in an appropriate way. So I think they certainly Vodafone have been very much on the record in terms of what a positive experience it has been for them and for their team. Right. Um, obviously, training. Is there a great deal of training for the staff if they have a HR department? You know, is it a long amount of training they need for this? No, not significant. It's just very focused in on kind of understanding the dynamics particularly with something like domestic violence and, and coercive control, it's understanding that this isn't about, you know, necessarily physical risk. It's also the impact of somebody being coercively controlling and how that can show up in terms of how it will impact on somebody's work, but also um, their feelings of isolation and being trapped and, and creating uh, an avenue for somebody to disclose something which maybe they haven't been able to disclose to anybody else. Interestingly, research would tell us that, um about one third of people who are subjected to, well, women in particular, the study that, that we, we um, did, uh, who are subjected to domestic abuse, will tell nobody ever, not a friend, not a family member, that that has happened to them, that that's been done to them. Before they do disclose, the fourth most common person to whom they will disclose is their employer. Okay. And that may be because they're having to explain, you know, why yeah. perhaps their performance is suffering. And so if you have to do that and your employer doesn't have a policy that is inviting you to say, look, we understand, we know this can happen, we know it's not your fault and we're here to help, um, that means that that's not a frightening proposition. It's not something where they're not sure what's going to happen or where they may be told, look, just book up, that it's not our, not our business. Where there's a policy there, that disclosure can be facilitated and there can be much more supportive outcome for the employee. Okay. And it is open to men and women, I presume. Yeah, the policies that, that, that we would we would review are always around for all staff. I mean, look, we, we have to recognise because it's actually very important in terms of responses to know that domestic violence tends to be heavily gendered and that the majority globally, not just in Ireland, who are... Um, who are subjected to uh, domestic abuse would be um, would be women in in straight relationships, but it does also happen to uh, men in straight relationships, and of course people in LGBTQ plus communities. So any policies that we would review um, or work with employers on would of course be uh, open to everybody. But it would also understand that, for example, women are more likely to be in precarious work, so their economic the consequences of economic abuse can actually sometimes be disproportionate. The risks of physical harm, for example, vary across um, uh, different people who may suffer it. So it's understanding context, proportionality, but absolutely 100% that any policy um, 
uh, of any kind should be both, you know, gender neutral in its application and regardless of uh, of sexuality or gender right. identity. I do notice also those companies we've mentioned are very big companies with, with, with great resources. When you start to go beyond them, just smaller companies, are they going to have trouble? Are they going to be saying, where will I find the money to train staff to have the, you know, to have the skills we need for this? Well, Women's Aid is not a big company and we have a policy which one would expect that we would. But I think the the key thing is that the research, the data shows us that actually at an economic level, this is actually beneficial because you have greater greater staff retention. um, You would have less absenteeism um, or sickness even um, where somebody is supported and empowered to manage a, a situation where they're being abused. And certainly the data coming from Australia and New Zealand would say that actually it doesn't cost much and the benefits that you would accrue from having such a policy actually outweigh those significantly. Okay, it sounds great. Sounds like a great policy. I'm delighted to see the industries by Bank of Ireland and, and so many others as well. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us today. That's Sarah Benson, CEO of uh, Women's Aid. And by the way, the Women's Aid 24 National Free uh, Phone Helpline is one eight hundred three four one nine hundred. Information on Women's Aid additional services are available at www.womensaid.ie. Now, we're either going to go to an ad break or a piece of very exciting music is going to play in my headphones. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.